And good afternoon, one and all. It's 106 on this Monday. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. It is uh, happy, by the way, happy Victory Over Japan Day. We celebrate this day. Now, people in Massachusetts, I'm sure, are wondering, what is he talking about? But we celebrate this day in Rhode Island to celebrate that the United States, in the Battle of the Pacific, the United States came out on top, and we defeated Japan. And on this day, they surrendered. Oh, right around here. So we celebrated. It is victory over Japan Day. We won. They lost. They attacked us. We fought back. And we won. So today, in Rhode Island, it's a state holiday. Um, That's just the way it is. We don't ignore history as much as some people want to. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought by J. Perry Paving. Always provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years' experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios. J. Perry Paving. They offer a free estimate. Any project, call them 732-1730. 401-732-1730. J, letter J, J. Perry Paving. And learn the benefits of asphalt paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway, letter J, J. Perry Paving has your back online, J, letter J, jperrypaving.com, and find them also on Facebook. Now, I want to go to some of the sound over the course of the weekend. Those who are attending the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. This is a big motorcycle rally that takes place and took place over the weekend. I think they had over 100,000, and he was on... um, meet the press and he went after the people that attended it uh, regionally in the south but out uh, in the plains in the great plains we have sturgis south dakota there's going to be a, there's a gathering right now of some seven hundred thousand people last year it was a smaller turnout and it was over about one hundred and fifty thousand people and it and it led to a massive outbreak in the dakotas where they became number one and number two It's understandable that people want to do the kinds of things they want to do. They want their freedom to do that. But there comes a time when you're dealing with a public health crisis that could involve you, your family, and everyone else, that something supersedes that need to do exactly what you want to do. I mean, you're going to ultimately be able to do that in the future, but let's get this pandemic under control before we start acting like nothing is going on. I mean, I mean, something bad is going on. I mean, we've got to realize that. You know, folks, that is, um, but there is just, it is the vaccinated and the people who do not want to get vaccinated. Now, let's also go, this was big, Fox News Sunday. Mayor Pete, the discussion, illegals bringing the variant into the country, coming into the United States over the border. Also, by the way, coming into Rhode Island, bringing the variant into Rhode Island. Things. Uh, does the Biden administration now consider the situation at the border a crisis? Look, we are going to continue to manage this in a way that balances uh, the security of this country with the need to do the right thing. But the most important thing, and, and you can use 
whatever word you want, but it's certainly something that has not been resolved over years and years, is the need for real, meaningful immigration reform. Another priority that a bipartisan uh, majority of the American people believe we ought to do, and that ought to happen here in Washington, yeah, too. But in June of 2021, Customs and Border Protection encountered 188,829 people attempting to enter the southwest border. It was the 21-year high, uh, 5% from last from May, but 21-year high. Um, is something going wrong on the border from the administration's perspective? See, that's also, folks, again, part of the deal is they won't even say that it's a problem. Here's where they talk about, now they're sending these people all over the country. Border to other states across Here we the go. Understanding this falls under the Department of Homeland Security, but illegal immigrants are being transported uh, from the border to other states. In Garden, folks, this is she's the one. This is Providence. Pretty sure it's Woonsocket, Warwick, Cranston, Pawtucket. If you're a teacher mandated vaccines mandated vaccines like to see a vaccine mandate is my understanding but what what does that mean for the teachers union so let me first off chuck thank you for having me on and you know i've been around the country this week i was in florida and missouri as we were pushing a full court press for back to school and the um delta variants are alarming and the spread is alarming and you've already said it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated i'm not going to repeat what you or dr fauci said so let me just be personal for a moment which is that vaccines are the single most important um, way of dealing with covid we've always dealt with or since 1850 we've dealt with vaccines in schools it's not a new thing to have immunizations in schools and i think that on a personal matter as a matter of personal conscience I think that we need to be working with our employers, not opposing them on vaccine mandates and so, you know, and, and all their vaccine policies. And so I said last week that I wanted to bring my leadership together and we are this week to, you know, revisit and to reconsider our policy that we passed in October about voluntary, that, that the best way to do this was to do it volitionally. Now, let me just say, my members have stepped up. 90% of the teacher members have actually gotten the vaccine. Um, but I don't think I do that's think true. That the circumstances have changed. I don't think that's true. Responsibility, and it weighs really heavily on me that kids under 12 can't get vaccinated. And so that's so, you know, I, that's, I, I very rarely, you know, separate my personal views from, you know, where. Folks, this is going to be the mess of the fall. This is absolutely going to be the disaster that is coming this month and then into next month. It just is. Um, because people are going to battle. And more and more are going to say, if you want to work here, you have to show or get vaccinated. And a lot of people are dug in and, and just do not want to do that. For whatever reason, I'm not even going to say whether they're right or wrong, but they do not want to get vaccinated. And you could be one of them. So not right away, but, but people 
are, in fact, I mean, people are still ending up in the hospital. People are dying. But I also want to play um, this morning on Good Morning America, Dr. Ja of Brown University was on. And I want to hear about this whole business, folks, where kids can't get vaccinated and now children going back to schools. This this is a problem. Let me hear this a little bit. This now from Dr. Ashish Shah, the dean of the Brown University School of Public Health. Welcome back, Dr. Shah. We just heard this problem facing children now in this new Delta variant, getting especially important as kids and parents are preparing to get back to school. And you've come up, you say you have a simple five-point strategy to make going back to school safe. Yeah, good morning, George. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, we know how to get kids back to school safely. Uh, and Dr. Klein, I... to several of them. Number one is we got to get everybody concerts. If we do those things, George, we can get everybody back to school safely this fall. Has the surge peaked? I don't know yet. I mean, the, the numbers are still increasing across much of the country. There are a few states that look like they're maybe turning. Louisiana, where Dr. Klein is from, may be one of them. So I think we're hopeful, but we don't know. And it all depends on getting more people vaccinated, whether or not we can get this fourth surge under control. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we saw this coming. We saw it coming from the UK and Israel, and it is now hitting us really hard. Um, my expectation is that uh, until we put in some of these mitigation measures and until we get a lot more people vaccinated, uh, we're going to be struggling with the Delta variant for a while. Folks, as I said, this is um, now something to watch and certainly monitor are the number of children that are now being affected by this. This is this is the game changer. This is the game changer. Right now it's 116. I have I there's no pleasure in bringing you this news. But children, I didn't say dot, but children being infected with it with the variant. That that's a problem. And some of the headlines, you know, there's one children's hospital there's one children's hospital that is completely full right now. So Delta Vanquish is all rivals. Science race to understand its tricks. World nowhere near the end of pandemic. Most contagious ever. White House grapples with resurgence. Children's hospitals fill up. Florida races to find open beds. Church reeling after six members die in 10 days. Hmm. Vax status has Americans picking sides. You know, that is happening, sadly. But it is, without question. It is. Um, friends and family. Whew. Weeks of the cases. Hard divisions within families, communities. Hannah Lindbergh wanted to pull out all the stops for her daughter's second birthday after the july they derailed it second birthday would be the first big gathering look forward to hosting when she learned some of her family members had chosen not to get vaccinated it's kind of a downhill from there well obviously then she didn't want to do it See, this is the problem and there's so many people my question is is this really the hill to die on miss Lindbergh, 30 years old an attorney mother of four five-year-old son with asthma she and her husband tried to figure out how to host everyone without telling the unvaxxed ones to remain outside. They considered uninviting the unvaccinated. Then they just canceled the party. 
felt it would cause a lot of hard feelings if we told the unvaccinated you're not welcome at all. Jenny Mitchell recently rescinded invitations from a couple of friends to her small wedding later this month. The friends reached out, said full disclosure, we have not been vaccinated and we're not going to be vaccinated and we don't wear masks. After conferring with her fiance, she said they agreed they weren't willing to risk exposure and didn't want drama. Facing a knee replacement, I can't risk getting sick, having to postpone. Three of the people coming in nurses could get really nasty. Turning into, why did you not get vaccinated? Fens reacted with dismay, told her it wasn't the first time a vaccinated friend had cut them off. Day-to-day interactions are growing increasingly fraught. Individuals grapple how much to ask others about their vaccination status and what to do if, if they hear an answer that makes them uncomfortable. Joseph Shivano, 62-year-old university professor of music, lives in New Jersey, said doesn't feel comfortable going back to his barber after she told him she wasn't vaccinated. She didn't wear a mask while cutting his hair. I started feeling a little uneasy, saying, I don't think I want to come back here. I didn't say that to her, but that's what I was feeling. I have another appointment next week. I'm still wondering whether I should go. Some employers are starting to mandate vaccination before people return to workplaces. But many more workers face office return dates with no such rules. Dating apps, websites have launched online stickers and badges for members to display their vaccination status. Or steer clear of profiles lacking the badges. I didn't know that. Vaccinated users typically get perks. Americans who have opted not to get the shots cite a range of reasons for holding off. From political beliefs to unease with such new treatments. Some unvaccinated people who were interviewed for the story said they have legitimate medical questions. They declined to be identified by name because they fear blowback in their personal professional lives. Overall, they say they want more information on the vaccine. Um, one woman said, I'm not a bad person. Many are uh, impact on pregnant women fertility. Pete Parada. The drummer of The Offspring was kicked out of the rock band. He wrote, wrote he supports informed consent, which necessitates choice unburdened by coercion. I also want to share my story. Anyone else experiencing the agony, isolation, getting left behind? They're not alone. Spokeswoman for the band declined comment. For the vaccinated, blowback for openly declaring unvaccinated people are unwelcome can be swift and harsh. How about Jennifer Aniston? said in a magazine interview she was cutting unvaccinated people out of her life. Her comments unleashed a torrent on social media. She defended her views shortly after posting, we have to care about more than ourselves. Um, unvaccinated adults express much less worry about the virus, including the Delta variant, and the vaccinated did, despite being more of a risk of catching it. They also reported lower confidence in the vaccine's safety and effectiveness. Uh, taken to the counter, deal with the vaccinated. I was getting new customers and new sink in my kitchen, this one woman says. And I had to ask if he's vaccinated because the guy didn't wear a mask last time. I didn't think about it when he came and measured everything. The father died. Her father died from COVID in December, canceled the coming vacation in Florida with her husband and young daughter due to rising cases there. Now plan to call her dentist's office in advance, asking whether the staff is vaccinated. On her previous visit, she said a nurse was vague about his status when she volunteered her own. I feel really weird. I'd rather be safe. You know, that is interesting that she's saying, just so you know, 
I'm vaccinated, and then the person just nods and doesn't say anything. Is not the leader for our time. He's not. This portion of the John DePietro show, again, on the website, DePietro.com, Soul, S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration. Call them today, emergency 247-401-712-2700, Fire and smoke damage, water damage, mold remediation, storm damage, soul, S-O-L-E, soul source restoration, and also online at soulsourcerestoration.com. All right, I want to go um, back to some of the sound and... People can then decide. 66,000 people have now been hospitalized with COVID as the variant continues to spread. Let's hear, uh, this is the piece this morning on uh, Good Morning America. <laughs> You're weak with us. It's great to be here with George and have Michael back with us. I'm back. Welcome back. Let's get right to the pandemic. Uh, the Delta variant now far and away the top threat. Hospitals across the country are sounding the alarm about a rise in COVID emissions. And the U.S. has recorded four straight days of over 100,000 cases. Those are the highest numbers since February. This surge hitting areas with low vaccination rates. We're going to talk to a doctor fighting on the front line at a major children's hospital in Louisiana. But first, let's go to Victor Okendo at Nicholas Children's Hospital in Miami. At Florida reports the highest confirmed number of children admitted with the virus. Good morning, Victor. Good morning, Michael. Several of those pediatric patients right here inside Nicholas Children's Hospital. Currently, they're caring for more than 20 kids with COVID. One of them is on a ventilator. This morning, health officials are frustrated over a COVID surge that never had to happen. I'm afraid we should not really have ever gotten in the place we are. Most of the cases, of course, now in unvaccinated people. Almost all of the deaths are unvaccinated people. And these are younger people now, including children. The number of patients hospitalized with COVID-19 now topping 66,000. Nearly 8,400 people admitted each day. In Austin, Texas, where only six ICU beds are available for 2.3 million residents, the city sending out a text alert warning the COVID-19 situation in Austin is dire. Healthcare facilities are open, but resources are limited due to a surge in cases. In Florida, some hospitals are suspending elective surgeries and limiting visitors, moving beds into conference rooms, even a cafeteria. Experts warning hospitals could start turning people away. If this pace continues for the next four or five days, uh, which it seems it will, the hospital systems in Florida and Louisiana will collapse. Uh, that's how bad this is. In Louisiana, they're facing the nation's highest rate of new cases. New Orleans Children's Hospital saying they're seeing an epidemic of very young children. In Florida, the number of children there hospitalized with COVID, now the highest in the country. One positive update here. Now, for the first time, more than 50% of all Americans, that even includes those children who are not eligible to be vaccinated yet, now more than 50% are fully vaccinated. Robin, Victor, So, folks, it is, in fact, continuing to spread. Now, I also, um, this was also Dr. I think Michael Klein talking on Good Morning America about this about children, though. This is about children, so I think this is worth hearing. He was also on um, GMA. That is really, now you're gonna have a problem in the classrooms. Now again, folks, I'm 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 not seeing the children are dying from it, but they're definitely being affected more 
where they were seemingly completely asymptomatic when it came to COVID. But as far as the Delta variant, it seems to be affecting children. Now, good afternoon. It's 127, 9.9 FM. I want to hear this a little bit. Here we go. Um, right here. Orleans. Dr. Klein, thank you so much. Um, appreciate you joining us. And we just heard in Victor's report something that you said about your hospital, an epidemic of very young children. So please, sir, tell us what you're seeing right now. Robin, this is not your grandfather's COVID. Um, this Delta variant is an entirely uh, new and, and unexpected challenge for us. It's affecting a lot of young people. We've seen the prevalence rate of uh, COVID positivity among children at our hospital rise from 1% to 7% and now to about 20% over the course of the last 30 days. And we are hospitalizing record numbers of children. Half of the children in our hospital today are under two years of age. And most of the others are between five and 10 years of age. So they're too young to be vaccinated just yet. And are these cases with children, are they more severe than you've seen in the past, Dr. Klein? They are. We're seeing quite severe illness. Uh, and so we can say that this virus is more contagious for sure. Uh, what we don't yet know with certainty is whether it's more virulent, but certainly to my eyes and to, I think to what others are seeing across the region, children are experiencing more severe disease than they have in the past. They come in in respiratory failure. They often require hospitalization in the pediatric intensive care unit. And uh, a number of them have required mechanical ventilation and i know compounding the situation for you there is that a number of your nurses are out with covid diagnosis and you have a federal team that is coming in quite soon what are your immediate needs dr klein well, what has become rate limiting for us, Robin, is staffing. It's not PPE or uh, mechanical ventilators or anything of that sort. It, it really is the availability of nurses and pharmacists and social workers. And, and we were thin already. We had lost a number of staff over the course of 2020, and we've been working hard to replace those. But Louisiana and the region as a whole have a, a real professionals. And, uh, and now we've lost about 60 of our professionals to COVID over the past several weeks. And so we're thinner than ever before. And this is uh, obviously putting a real strain on the, on the system. Obviously. And you've said children, many of them, they're too young to be vaccinated. So what can be done to prevent the spread to these young children? Yeah, you know, we've got to continue to practice the, the mitigation measures that we have from the beginning of this pandemic, uh, distancing, meticulous hand washing and masking. But I'm worried at this point that this virus is so contagious that these mitigation measures may not be sufficient. And it's really incumbent on adults and older adolescents who were eligible for vaccination to get the vaccine. These young children, kids seven weeks, 10 weeks, three, four months of age that are hospitalized at Children's Hospital New Orleans currently, they have to be protected by the adults in their environment and essentially cocooned uh, to stay safe. And, uh, and so we need adults to step up. If, if they're not going to get the vaccine to protect their own health, they should do it for their families and for these young children who are the most vulnerable among us. Hopefully people will hear your message this morning. Dr. Mark Klein, I know you and others are working hard there in New Orleans. Thank you so much, sir.
Wishing you all Thank the best. Thank you. Okay, take care. Folks, that is um, that is uh, definitely different as far as, um, exa- you know, the, the, she is unbelievable. Right now, it's 131 on this Monday. AOC says she feared riders were going to rape her and believes white supremacy were driving forces. She wasn't even in the Capitol. She wasn't even inside the Capitol. What, is, what are they talking about? And, and, and to throw that out, remember she initially told this very dramatic story that she could hear them and this whole big thing. Now, CNN, President Biden is a border crisis. But now they're trying to demonize the illegals that are bringing the virus across the border. I want to hear this. Folks, CNN, they are part of the Biden agenda. And again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro, 131 on this Victory Over Japan Monday. This is, um, here we go. CNN, how they have the talking points out. Let me, I want to hear some of this. Hold on, here we go. There is a crisis on the border. The last time the Border Patrol saw this number of migrants trying to cross in a month was two decades ago. This morning, the Ed Board for the Washington Post is demanding a a coherent strategy. So yes, President Biden has a real problem on his hands here, and his critics are capitalizing on it. Listen to former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, who is echoing the tone of far-right extremists when it comes to immigration reform. They don't come all the way across Mexico for the purpose of visiting for two days. They want to be in America. And I think what's hard for most of us to accept is that the anti-American left would love to drown traditional classic Americans with as many people as they can who know nothing of American history, nothing of American tradition, nothing of the rule of law. Uh, And I think that that when you go and you look at the radical left, uh, this is their... Their ideal model is to get rid of the rest of us because we believe in George Washington or we believe in the Constitution. That is awfully close to what's known as the Great Replacement Theory, the theory that white people are being replaced by non-white people, especially immigrants. In recent years, it has worked into a conspiracy theory that falsely alleges Jewish people are orchestrating the entire thing. It's ridiculous. Remember this moment from 2017 in Charlottesville? Oh, my. God, they still go to this. Oh. oh my God. That is the same theory we're talking about here. Also believed by a man who allegedly killed 11 at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh in 2018. And another man who allegedly killed 23 at a Walmart in El Paso in 2019. And now similar words from a former Speaker of the House. Former key Trump administration officials have also been openly slamming legal immigration. Take Stephen Miller, still a senior advisor to the ex-president. The cliche is illegal immigration equals bad, legal immigration equals good. But you've all heard that cliche before. The problem with that cliche is that just because something is legal doesn't always mean it's good, right? After five decades of record immigration, what we need is a timeout. Sorry, this is just more bashing of folks. It, and it's very clear. Good afternoon at 134. Listen, it is in fact, they are bringing it over. And there is proof that a lot of the illegals are afraid to get vaccinated. They're afraid. That's why the whole... Uh, angle of we're going to go door to door 
that that is not helpful in a situation like this. It's not. This is also, keep in mind how much it's it's spreading rapidly. A lot of the illegals also that happen to be working in nursing homes and in hospitals. Now, I'm not just saying it's it's illegals that, um, by the way, are, are having that. Um, but folks, right now at 135, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 .9 FM. So I want to go back to... Um, Providence Police Major David LaPayton held a press briefing earlier, and he touched on uh, the, the weekend's violence, which, you know, and he, here's part of the problem, I think, also, is just that it is very targeted type violence. But I want to hear a little bit more of this um, sitch from him earlier. Wire? Um, I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Okay. Um, so the next, the next uh, incident would be the 272 Main Avenue shooting. Um, there was a crowd of people in front of 272 Main, and um, shots. either way right now. The people who are outside, uh, do they live in that 
immediate area? I mean, is there a party? Some of them. Some of them okay. do, yeah. Have there been a large crowd, do you know? Or? Outside the house? Yeah. Um, from what I understand, it's about 15 people. So, of the other people who were there, were any who would have been likely targets of the gunman? There were some people that were known to us. Uh, we're not saying they would have been likely targets. We don't know. Nothing uh, on our uh, radar in the last couple of months would say they would be. Um, of the people who were shot, were any of them known to the police? Uh, yes. How many? Right now, one. Oh, one. Are they male, female? Two females, one male. So the man was the one who was shot. Well, I'm not going to say. Major, just in general, you know, we've been talking about the, mm. the recent violence. And for, first of all, have the state police added any patrols on the city? That... So I think the other night we were concerned about um, a uh, concert at this Strand, which we had we had no problem with, and I. I believe the state police were called in to help us out on that. Um, also, on other things, that that's being held, um, that's being done by the administrative part of the department, which obviously this is the investigative division, so we're not too in touch with that. In general, are you guys doing anything differently? Have you added anything internally, or doing anything differently in the wake of what's been happening? Well, I would say. I, we have, we have called a lot of people back um, or taken people from units um, to work on, on the shootings. Um, other than that, no, I mean, the, the running, the, the, the investigations are running like anyone, any investigation would run. Um, they're doing a good job. It's good work. Um, we're not shorthanded uh, in our investigations. Everything's, everything's going along. I mean, obviously, we need some breaks and we need to get lucky on a few things, but these guys know, certainly know what they're doing. And uh, hopefully you'll see some results shortly. Can you talk overall threat to the public given the recent two past weekends? Well, so, I mean, obviously we've had some people shot. Um, there's been other um, things that have gone on. But like I said before, it's, you know, it's a, it's a decent-sized city, and um, I think, relatively speaking, you know, people have not stopped coming in. I mean, the, the people feel safe. Um, we, we try and put as much manpower as we can out there, and um, I think we're doing a pretty good job of it. So, I mean, if you think of the thousands of people that come in in, this, in the city on a weekend, and, you know, we talk about a few incidents, but it's... You know, it's tragic what happens here. It, it really is. So I don't want to take away from that. But for, for the most part, you know, we're, we're working hard to keep everybody safe. Attorney General's obviously bombed the homicides. Also in the uh, the other incidents on Penn Avenue? On the shooting? Yeah. No. No. So the Attorney General's office, uh, Steve Danbrook, who is, I think you probably all know Steve. Yeah. So he's the head of the criminal uh, division. He's, he comes to every one of our murders, and um, he's, he's extremely helpful. We work very well with him, and we are very fortunate to have him there. Um, 
there's a lot of questions that he answers for us, and we appreciate the help. Um, however, we are the investigators, and uh, you know everybody, everybody, you know, walks on their own line. And and when we when we have to cross over, and we're more than happy to, because you know we, it's definitely. Um, a bridge we build that is so helpful to all of us. So, like I said before, we're very thankful that he's there. Have a relationship. Yes, very good. And uh, so that's that's been working out really, really well. Obviously, some things this past weekend, no arrests quite yet. Investigation still ongoing. Anything? Again, folks. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro. This was um, part of the early press briefing you've been listening to. That is Major David LePayton of the Providence Police Department. And it is important. I want to pick up right where that part is, is when he started um, talking and touches on the latest investigation regarding the young woman from Warwick that was uh, killed. Walks on their own line. And, and when, we, when we have to cross over, and we're more than happy to because, you know, we, it's definitely... Um, a bridge we build that is so helpful to all of us. So, like I said before, we're very thankful that he's there. Have a relationship. Yes, very good. And uh, so that's that's been working out really good really as well. Obviously, you said these incidents this past weekend, no arrests quite yet. Investigation still ongoing. Anything you can update regarding last weekend? Last weekend? Like any this past weekend? Um, where the 24-year-old was killed. Oh, my, uh, so we're still working that. Um, as you can imagine, you know, a car driving by fast is, is, you know, it's a lot of work for us to, to trail that. And, but we're doing it. And, we're, you know, we're using a lot of manpower. And we're hoping to come up with something. And, Are you getting a lot of cooperation from either people in the neighborhood, witnesses, or are you finding How about that, folks? The um, the community have been very helpful. So uh, always offering you know the video or what they what they've seen or license plates and you know they realize that you know, we just you can't do it on your own. You need the help of everyone, and uh, it, it just helps so much to uh, have people come forward and give us information that that lets us move forward. Do you, do, you, sorry, do you have the IDs? Yeah, we're on that. Yeah. So, uh... 29. 29. From uh, I'll get you those after. Go ahead, Amy. Kerr wins. Would you mind spelling that one more time? Yeah, it's K E R. W I N S. Do you guys possibly maybe the department is a little bit understaffed? You've got about like maybe two dozen officers on the street at any moment. Do you need more people out there? On our weekends, we have more than that. Um, we do. Um, we could always use more people. 
I've always said that since the, you know the time I've been on this got on this job. Um, but we we are maintaining um, the uh, safety as 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 best we can, and I've said that before. Before we, you know, it's not it's not a uh, you know we're not on life support like it's it's not that. Shortage, but uh, listen, we could use more people. Yes, and we have an academy coming out in, uh, I believe it's like three months, four months in November. So um, we're looking forward to their help also. Now, Major, it's pretty common in the summertime, especially on, on really nice weekends, for crime to spike. Are you seeing any difference, really, if you look back at, at your statistics, that shows that this summer is more violent than you know past summers? Not last year because that yeah. was COVID. But previous summers, is this really unusual or not? Yeah, so we've looked back, and it's it's nothing that raises a, a red flag. So, you know, it, crime does spike in the summer. We all know that. It's, it's, it does that around the country. How many shootings are you up to so far? I'll give you that after. Okay. Any reason, if you could put your finger to it as why you think the recent violence is happening, other than just being in the summer months? Um, so... Like I said before, even last week, there's a, there's a big influx of, of guns that have hit the street um, during the COVID. A lot of guns were bought by straw buyers, and then they were resold on the street. So we see, um, when we see shootings now, we see maybe three different calibers uh, on the, uh, you know, casings we find. So we know three gunmen had guns, and then maybe uh, you, know, you might see two others. You know, on the opposite side, usually before you see one gun, uh, you know, two maybe at the most. So there's more guns in play. And which adds for the, the chance of more people getting it. Are you expecting to see retaliation from either of the incidents this weekend? Well, I don't know that. So we've, what we've looked into so far, um, we don't think there'll be any um, Providence retaliation for the Massachusetts, uh, you know, but we're ready if there is. We, we know who the, um, basically who the players are, and now we're keeping an eye on things, so. So can you, maybe not 100% say, but the, the Boston victim, that case, and then the other shooting were uh, some sort of game relations to both of those incidents? One of them. I believe um, that some of the people identified at least one as a gang member. Yep. On on the and I'm not, I don't know about That's the deceased, right. but of that group yep. as a gang member uh, from Boston. Okay. Uh, so yeah, could be definitely possibility. That's it. So we will, we know, certainly will keep you updated on anything that that goes on. And, and there's also, you know, sorry to say, there's a lot of good work that's been going on by this police department in the last couple of weeks. That you know, really, it's 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 something that we don't talk about. You you know, you don't come in and, and droves to hear that because this is this tell is us. important. You have to tell us. Yeah. Well, we will. Okay. Folks, again. Victim died at the scene, and which one died at the hospital? Oh. Mario Diaz.
Oh yeah, which gang Lana. member died at the hospital? Thank you very much. All right, folks, again, that was uh, Major David LaPayton of the Providence Police Department. Good afternoon. I think it's important to hear it. Let them get the word out. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. Kevin Durant, Draymond Green were drunk during Team USA celebration. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is Rockies say fan wasn't using N and viral video after mascot. Let me just click on this at one fifty two on this Monday before I bring you up to speed again on everything. The Rockies now say an alleged racial slur used by a fan was actually a fan shouting Dinger, the name of the team's mascot. That came after new video footage of the incident raised questions where the N-word was actually said. Video appears to show the fan waving his arm, attempting to get the mascot's attention. Dinger. Denver news reporter who spoke to the Rockies of the team interviewed the fan about the incident. Rockies tell me last night the incident was a fan trying to get the attention of the rookie's mascot, Dinger. Dinger. Not a racial slur. Rocky spoke to the fan who confirmed the case. They also reviewed video. When the incident occurred in the ninth inning, Marlon Outfielder was at the bat, which led fans to believe a racial slur was being aimed at him. Here's the video. Highlight both the fan and Dinger in the first clip, then zoomed in on it. Rockies tell me no one in the field heard anything offensive. Well, if you name the name of the mascot, Dinger, 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 just trying to think, Dinger, oh, I get D-I-N-G-R, Dinger. So someone thinks they hear the N-word there. Well, maybe we ought to change the name of the mascot <laughs> so it doesn't sound something like the N-word. Just a thought, just a thought, folks. Folks, right now at 1.53 on this Monday, Again, it's John DePietro. How about the fact that Mayor Jorge Elorza is still on vacation in New Hampshire? Does not matter what happens in the city. Nothing is going to get in the way of the vacation at Storyland. This portion of the John DePietro Show on this Monday, August 9th is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal for an estimate. 401-688-0517. Brother Trash Collection Services. And maybe you have some unwanted belongings. How about getting a purple dumpster in the driveway? Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal today. 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. It's Brothers Disposal. If you haven't seen the video, I have video of last night. I ventured in. It's not going to surprise some of you. I was the only member of the media there. So why did I venture into Providence? It was the Dominican Festival. Now, there was a parade earlier, and uh, Congressman David Cicilline marched in the parade. I recognize 
realized, I think some city council. to explain to the different people. Now, I was there, and you can see the video, and I'm commenting, and I didn't stay that long. Just want to do a quick pop-up. But you also can see, um, well, I'll, say, I'll just say this. The people around me um, were not, I didn't hear a lot of, I heard some English. I didn't hear a lot of English. It was some English. But I think that should be, like, someone ought to say wrong. We don't do this. You know, we're in America now, right? You're not in Bolivia. You're not in Guatemala. Well, in our country, other people come and take care of that. You're not there anymore. You need to pick this up. I mean, it just, it looks, it's so much trash. Now, again, I recognize they had a parade, but it shouldn't be treated as, all right, so you see a ton of bottles, right? So the people are drinking. But I don't know if it's, or if it's the city, uh, but the amount of trash just left all over on the ground it is it's really disturbing it just is so you can check that out and then you also have you have that state senator tiara mack who uh once again is blaming the police for a lot of the crime now we also have heard talking about being ahead of the curve a lot of times when i post things i tell people read the story before you comment don't just read the headline but if you read the story, my sources tell me that the woman that was beaten by the bikers last Tuesday night, that she's an illegal. Now, that doesn't mean she should be beaten. But she refused medical uh, help at the scene. And then they're very skittish about fully cooperating with the police. The illegals that come in, by the way, they are often victims of crime. They're victims by gangs. They're victims by landlords. Uh, certainly, and the teachers uh, take advantage of the illegals in the school. I'm hearing she's an illegal. And you just wonder if that encouraged more the, the beating. Folks, another exclusive story that we have is um, that there's, there's an arsonist. This broke on Friday. On DePetro.com, arsonist takes credit for second fire. There's a, a writer who posted, he's saying he lit... Speaker Joe Sakachi's office on fire in Warwick back in May. And then he also says he lit the building on fire of the attorney in North Providence. I don't, someone asked me, do you think, I don't know if it's real. I know there's someone posting online in his diet, his um, manifesto reads like that of like the Unabomber. You can read about that. We were also so far ahead on Saturday. I posted that it was gang related from Boston. So generally right now on DePetro.com, we're operating about two days ahead of the rest of the media so today's monday over the next two if you want to read what everyone else is going to be learning like wednesday thursday go to the website today all right folks on this one um it's 159 on this monday it's john DePetro. listen go to the wnri one socket w-n-r-i